The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. She called me late last night Say she loved me so Didn't matter anymore I say she never cared And that she never will Welcome to a special Masters preview of the Beer Talk Pod. Coming at you midweek, Masters week to be exact. Uh, before we get started, let me talk to you a little bit about Strawler Inc. Strawler Inc. is a local family-owned business in Marriott, Ohio, owned by Jacob and Caleb Strawler. They can get you t-shirts, signs, posters, decals, car wraps, stickers, koozies, and actually just recently added name tags. Wow. Yes. Name tags are probably the best. Blows thing. me away every time. I know, I know, and I, people are probably gonna be like, "Benji, you've been saying this for two months now." Yep. Yeah, well, it's still pretty fucking breaking news. But do we still have we got our name tags yet? No, we need to. I should have got one before I came on this trip. Also, folks, we're mm-hmm. coming at you. I'm live in a mobile studio in Gallup, New Mexico. Fun fact about the Comfort Suites in Gallup, New Mexico: they're very military themed. Like, all about the military when you walk in. Actually, there might be some guns out there. I'm not sure. There was one gun, Alex says. But there was very military-themed, right? But guess what? What? My AAA car got a lower rate for this room than Alex's military ID. (laughs) And it's kind of funny when you walk into this place and it's, like, very (laughs) (laughs) pro-military. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. No, it doesn't. But, hey, you know, I saved, like, six more dollars than what it was going to be. So Save 15% or more if you have a on your car time. insurance. Yeah, by listening to Beer Talk. Yeah, whenever you apply, or whenever you uh, get a claim from Geico, mention Beer Talk yeah. and get 20% off. You will, for sure. And if you go to Nationwide, you'll get 25% off with promo code BEERTALK69. With that, right. it, it is Masters Week. This is a delayed podcast, as you're all thinking, yo, what the hell? A lot of shit happened in the sports world, and you guys are just not going to talk about it. Uh, we'll do one thing here. I will own up and say that, actually, you know what? I'm pretty sure I said it all season long that Villanova was, like, the best college basketball team on the planet this year. So I not think surprised. we all knew that. Yeah, I'm not surprised by the loss last night. Would have loved to see a win, but you know what? You can't beat that racist little ginger that was shooting all those threes for Villanova. Yeah. What was his name, DiGiorno? DiGiorno, the racist, though. He's racist? He was had uh, tweets with the N-word in it, but he has since deleted his Twitter. Not a bad idea. Yeah. See, Villanova came out and said that his Twitter got hacked, and they have since deleted that tweet. They got, his Twitter got hacked ten years ago? It was seven years ago, and people were so mad that they're attacking what would have been a 14-year-old or 12-year-old at the time or something like that. Uh, uh, I didn't realize that made it okay. So maybe that's one of his parents. <laughs> Shame on his parents. Shame, shame. But, so there's our non-Masters talk. Now Masters talk. Now, we're going to go into golf talk. Yes, Thursday, the Masters tees off in Augusta, Georgia. I was in Georgia once, a couple days ago, but now I'm not. So I was sort of there. What's better, Georgia or New Mexico? Well, that depends. It's a trick question. Georgia. Oh, because the Masters are there? Wow. You got me there. Also, it's not windy in Georgia. It's very windy here. Dude, it's windy here. There's a thunderstorm going on right now. I guarantee you, even with that thunderstorm, it's not as windy as it was in Oklahoma and Texas in the beginning of New Mexico today. 
flat ground. Yes, very flat. You know what? Maybe the right season. Earth. Maybe the Earth is flat. Duh. Once I got to this side of the world, flat. But guess what's not flat though? The rolling hills of Augusta National. That's right, and we're about to see Tiger tee off probably with a couple irons this week because that's what he's been teeing off with lately. Mm-hmm. But you heard that too? Yes, I did hear that. But the uh, so I I suspect Tiger's going to win the Masters. He's been fooling us for the last however many weeks now. With, uh, They've got him at plus fourteen hundred right now. Really? Because I'm putting twenty on him on tomorrow as soon as I get to Nevada. The new favorite right now. You want to know who it is? Is it Sergio? Mm-mm. Who? Jordan Spieth plus nine hundred. Wow! Wow! Followed by Ricky. Or, I mean Rory McIlroy plus one thousand. Justin Thomas plus eleven hundred. DJ plus eleven hundred, then Tiger plus fourteen hundred. What do you think the prop bets will be for how many fans uh, Justin Thomas gets kicked out of the na- the Augusta National? The over under? Yeah, sixty nine. Nice. Because <laughs> isn't it like cheap beer for Masters? I don't know. I can't imagine anything's cheap. I think I've heard that it's still like two dollar beers at the Masters. They're like preserving golf's traditions or what I have no clue maybe they just want John Daly to come I would say he'll, he'll be there no matter what that's true no matter how much the beer costs because he's got his own beer now doesn't he well he has his own malt beverage uh malt licky yep it's called the John Daly I'm pretty sure it's just an Arnold Palmer with liquor but might not be that bad with that, so you're saying that now Jordan is the favorite? Yep. Not I was actually favorite. thinking. I know you're not a JT fan, but. Well, wait. I can see, him, I can see him getting the green jacket. Or really? It's this is golf. Fuck. You think he's going to get a green this jacket? This is golf puck. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think you're wrong, but. You're wrong a lot, so. Uh, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Smiley Kaufman, Jordan Spieth, they all go on their uh, little spring break to the Bahamas. Right and this, could right? you just imagine, just, could you, huh? Right after the Masters, right? Yeah, could you just imagine Justin Thomas out there in his swimming trunks and barefoot with his green jacket on, teeing off? No, but I can imagine Ricky Fowler doing it. Where is Ricky at on these odds? Um, I'm having a hard time finding him because he's so far down here. Bottom line, I don't think he has a chance. Well, I'm putting ten dollars on him. It's a bold move. I'm putting twenty on Tiger. So oh 20. no, no, he, no, he's plus twenty two hundred. Ricky is. He's not that far down. So twenty dollars at plus fourteen hundred. If Tiger wins, what will that get me? Let me do a little. Back of the envelope calculation here. Better than your math from earlier. How much? How much money did you say? Twenty dollars. I'm gonna put twenty on him. That'll get you two hundred and eighty. Okay, and then if I put ten on Ricky, what will that get me? Ricky, probably two hundred twenty. No, two hundred twenty. Now, what if I parlay those? Can't. Are you sure? You can't parlay uh, just straight up. What if they tie? Winners, because there can't be. You have to say there can't be two winners. What if they just keep playing overtime <laughs> shot of holes and they just keep tying? Then, if Kobe Bryant wins a Oscar, I'll be one rich man. Well, he did. I stole that from Kevin off the office. I know you did. But, so. Your prediction, you got Tiger is back. Tiger's back. I'm going to stick to my guns, and just so the listeners know for sure that I'm going to stick to it, I'm going to put money on Justin Thomas right now as we're sitting here. You put 20 on Plus 1100 I put $20. That'll give me 220 Let's do it. Place bet. Done. Now I still have eighteen forty seven on my balance. Let's go through here. All 
Tiger Woods. And we're going to come down here and do a little searching. This is great radio. Mm, I kinda, this is great radio. I kind of like uh, Jonathan Vegas. He's a plus 50,000, so $1 <laughs> on him. <laughs> I mean, you can't not. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's like the Astros won in the World Series, so. Yeah. They're probably going to win again. But, so should we go into the interview now? Yeah, we've got an interview here uh, between Wiley P., Matt Schott, and Sean Burke. Yeah, we talked a lot about different uh, aspects of being a caddy, some of his... uh, experiences as a pro golfer journeys been on started up his own uh, golf school it's a pretty cool interview so um, you know why I'm going to immediately that. tell the folks uh, listening to the interview that I'm sorry I wasn't part of this interview because if I was you would have definitely heard the question have you ever used a Ritz cracker as a ball marker on the green before hmm. happy Gilmore and uh Pick up some quarters as ball markers. <laughs> That's true too. And then eat the crackers. <laughs> or did you ever? I would have definitely asked him if he ever bathed at a golf course in the in the ponds. Perhaps he did, man. You never know. I know. But these are just the questions my brain comes up with. That I'm. It's unfortunate. I, I, I should have asked. Actually, I probably could have been in this interview. If we're being completely honest. <laughs> yeah, we probably could have figured out some way to do it. I just chose to pack a bag to go on my trip instead. Sometimes you gotta be grown up and do grown up things. Yeah, I had Vegas like we did, mind. we did a podcast, and you pack bags. That's right, like a, like a kid. <laughs> we were doing grown up things. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Huh. All right. So All right. let's go into that interview. Here's Sean Burke. All right, we're joined now by Sean Burke, Peer Performance Golf Academy Pro, professional caddy on the. PGA and LPGA. Uh, how you doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Sean, what's up, brother? Not too much. How are you, Maddie? I'm good, brother. I'm good. How's uh, how's Toronto life? Toronto life is uh, pretty good. We're getting here into spring today. Hopefully, uh, get a little warmer weather. We just had the Jay's home opener, which didn't go so well, but uh, it's a long season. Well, I'll tell you what, season. as far as weather goes, you can't play fucking golf around here. You can't play golf in the Midway Valley because it is straight trash. Yeah. It, the, rained, uh, it has rained, like, at least two or three days a week for the past two, three months. Maybe longer. Yeah. Car we've, uh, we've, had some, we've had some rain, but hopefully we'll we'll get a little stretch here of uh, nice, sunny, warm weather, and the golf courses will be able to open, hopefully. Hell yeah, I agree. The, uh... Over you boys, they uh, they won the spring open down here at Lakeside. Did you know that? No, no way. Yeah, they did. They won the spring open. I don't know who they played, um, but I, I, I was saw there one other team in the event? Or probably. What? I think there was maybe two, and one of them was uh, School of Deaf and Blind. Um, well, the kids well, couldn't even see it when they fucking hit it. Let's just put it that way. They got sales posters yeah. on the ball. Yeah. Um, but no, they won it. I don't know who they played. I have no clue. I'm guessing not very many teams. I haven't really been uh, following how the team uh, how the team's been doing, um, so I'll have to kind of check that out then if I see they've won an event. Yes, for sure, check it out. Um, but OBU sports are definitely on the rise since we have uh, graduated, Sean. Soccer team, really? it, soccer team is in full force. This lacrosse team that they got pulling up, it's badass. Um, I think the OVU girls volleyball team is 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 running some numbers. I think that uh, that school is uh, turning a new leaf, maybe for athletics. There we go. Hey, the alma mater. Hey, uh, who do you think is going to win the Masters? Masters. Oh, Who's your look? Who, would, who, give me your top, Tiger back. Give me your top three. I would. I would love to have Tiger in the mix and win it. Um, I think DJ's gonna DJ's gonna have a good week. Um, the guy I think who's probably gonna win is Justin Rose. He's just been playing some really really solid golf this year, um, and I, 
think it's his, his time to put the green jacket on. So I should put my money on Justin Rose. Yeah, if you have a couple dollars, sprinkle it on Rose. Um, okay, so... you know, Rory, Rory's playing well. It's such a toss-up. There's so many good players um, these days that, you know, any of the guys can or have a really good chance of winning, right? Right. If you put two bucks on Justin Rose, it'll pay you 28 bucks. On there Bo- you go. On Bovada. So, uh, that ain't bad numbers. Um, Tiger Woods Tiger Retire Woods is, almost. Tiger is ten to one odds. He's one of actual the favorites, believe it or not. Who is, is he the favorite or uh, he is him and Rory? Him, he's one of them, dude. And I don't get it. Like, I mean, I do get it, but I don't get it because I mean, he's played fucking what twenty rounds of golf in the last four years, and these people think that he's gonna fucking win it. Tiger's back. No, he's not. Tiger's back, but. I would say the the one thing Tiger has going for them is this is the smallest I believe the smallest field yes, the Masters is. has had in like the last twenty you know, years. forty or yeah so you know he doesn't have one hundred and twenty or one hundred and forty guys you know competing against this week or this coming week I think it's only under a hundred so yeah he's got he's got pretty good uh, chances or pretty good odds. What about your Canadian boy Adam? Uh... Adam Hadwin. What about him? Adam and you Hadwin. also got your other guy, Weir, Mike Weir. Yeah, Weir's he's in there. Um, you know, I'd love to see Hadwin uh, play well and maybe get in the mix on Sunday. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. <laughs> but but you never know. You never know. This this tournament, we've seen. I mean, I don't think anybody thought Sergio was going to win it last year, um, and he just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he played good all four days. Don't get me wrong, but. I think he just kind of showed up and, and he was ready to go and I don't think anybody really really thought that Sergio was ever going to win a major and he did last year and it's good for him I'm glad he did he's been a, oh for sure I was, I was happy for, for uh, I was happy for Sergio last year mm-hmm. um, just to kind of finally get that monkey off his back yep um, but yeah he kind of not that he came out of nowhere I think he was in the mix after after Saturday's round and it's all about you know they say that that charge on on the back nine on Sunday is mm-hmm. kind of where the golf tournaments won so no doubt alright buddy hey uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, talk to me a little bit about Tour Performance Golf Academy yeah so this is my probably my third full um, year at the academy that I, I started up um, you know just trying to provide a you know a tour quality experience for uh, mainly junior golfers and kind of you know train them and, and kind of get them you know competing and, and learning how to do all the things these guys these guys do on tour so it's been uh, it's been a fun journey so far the, the academy and you know everything's continuing to grow um, year to year which is which is awesome um, you know starting to work with some better players um, started working with a girl on the LPGA Sarah Kemp which has been which has been cool and uh, some some elite you know junior golfers you know trying to make it down to the, the states in, in uh, college or you know the the mini tours um, either in Canada or the states as well so no we're talking junior golf we're talking teenagers or guys that are 19, 20, past high school ages. Yeah, from all, all ages, right? I just uh, I just finished up here tonight uh, with one of my with one of my nine year olds. Okay. Um, he's a cool little a kid. Prodigy, you know, every, basically. You got a fucking prodigy on your hands. I got a prodigy. You know, every every class he comes to, he's decked out in the Ricky Fowler gear, and you know all the guys at the uh, indoor golf place call him Ricky's here. You know, so <laughs> um, yeah, it's all the way from you know eight years old to. You know, 19 um, is kind of, I would say, the the market I'm trying to attract. And then, obviously, you know, the more professional players I can kind of get in my stable or under my belt, uh, the better. Because that's kind of, you know, my goal is to be, uh, you know, one of the top coaches on the LPGA or PGA Tour. Right, exactly. But you talked about, you've, you've done some guys on the mini tour, right? Yeah, I've, uh, I've helped some guys out, you know, playing kind of the, the mini tours, trying to work their way up, but um, it's a tough grind for those guys, you know. Oh, I was yeah. there not too too long ago, and, 
um, the biggest thing for those guys is just confidence, right? right? They've they've got to a point, you know, where their skill and their technique is is obviously really good, and it's just about you know gaining confidence, gaining experience, and you know at the end of the day, holding holding some more putts, and that's gonna kind of get you to that next level. Putting is. I, I've talked to a lot of guys that have, that have played on some mini tours and have played collegiate golf, and, and they tell me that they're two or three putts away from becoming a real deal, a real sensation. And that's putting. People don't really take into consideration how important that is to your golf game, but it is literally the backbreaker of things. Oh, for sure. Especially for sure. If I could have. If I could have shaved a couple strokes on, on putting, you know, in college, I probably would have won eight eight more events, right? right. So, exactly. Um, yeah, that's what you know. I try and instill with a lot of my my young juniors or juniors I work with is, you know, if you can be a really really good putter and have a good short game, um, you can hit it like shit and still get the ball in the hole <laughs> and uh, shoot a good score. <laughs> So you're not about power. You're not. You're not working with the bubbas of the world. You don't give a shit how far they hit it off the tee. Actually, I've just started working with uh, a couple long drive guys from really? up here in Canada okay. uh, who are trying to kind of make it to the uh, long drive world champs. So yeah, that's kind of been a fun little uh, thing to to do, and you know, see these guys swinging at you know 140, 145 miles an hour, and you know, just trying to make them a little more efficient, and you know, how they strike the golf ball, because um, at that speed, it's you know, a split second here, there off the yeah, off the no club face is is massive, right? right. Um, so yeah, that'd be cool to see if one of those guys could. You know, eventually make it to the uh, to the world championships and and do well. That'd be mm-hmm. that'd be awesome. But is there a way? I mean, like you said, like a lot of this, like putting, like we're two or three putts off of, of making it from mini tours to an actual PGA tour or or, or an LPGA tour event. Like, is there a way that you coach your guys to get? mentally ready to do that or is it something or do you think it's something that they're born with maybe no it's definitely something that's uh that's a little more mental um you know i would say fundamentals or technique is important but uh there's so many there's hundreds of different ways to to get the golf ball in the hole right yeah um do you ever i know for myself Sean, do you encourage yeah, for, smoking weed to your players before they putt? Maybe like smoke a couple of J's. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think that'd be a very good business model for me. I actually think it would work. <laughs> it would is weed legal in Canada? Actually, weed is going to be legal here in Canada July first. Oh, I think you should add that into your yeah. uh, coaching plan. Then. Yeah. So that that might have to be added into the uh, yeah the program. Just every, like in every golf bag, everyone just keeps Maybe it there in the one puff, hitter. Just give them a little puffy. Just give them a little puffy and say, it's all in the hips. It's all in the hips, baby. It's all in the hips. <laughs> all right, yeah, so you, never, you never know. Let's take this back to uh, your mini tour career. Yeah. How did, how did uh, you... First of all, I want to ask, how did you end up at OVU from Canada? How did I end up at OVU? That is a great question. Um, so when I was 16, yeah, 16, I spent some time in, in Texas with a with a golf coach living, and um, that's when I kind of really started to, to get into golf and kind of said, you know, like, I want to play collegiate golf. And first kind of time I, I started working with this coach, he kind of laughed at me and said, you know, you have no fucking chance. <laughs> And uh, that kind of gave me the, the drive and the fire to, you know, prove him wrong. And at the time, I, I thought I was pretty good. And, you know, I wanted to go to a big Division One school. But obviously, I was a little behind the eight ball with, you know, starting late. And most of these kids are playing junior tournaments since the, you know, age of seven or eight. Um, so I had a couple offers at, you know, some Division One schools and got some looks. But Which one was it? You know, the, Sean, which D1? Schools were it tell So Florida Atlantic. Okay. Um, you, Lane been, Kiffin, yeah, Lane dude. Kiffin. You, you could have been connected to fucking Lane Kiffin. 
so yeah I had the opportunity to go there it was just you know the the school per year I want to say was like 60,000 and they're you know offering me 20 and my dad was like that ain't happening so um that got shut down pretty quick but probably the biggest mistake I ever made um was I played a a pretty big junior event in uh, Miami called the Doral Public Links and you know I played really solid the first two rounds and it was a three round tournament and you know get there the the final day and I'm in the second to last group and there's like all these college coaches around and I'm like shit in my pants and I'm like oh man like you know this is what I want but you know, I'm just super nervous because I want to, you know, perform well and play well in front of them. Mm-hmm. Didn't have my best day. I think I shot 78 or 79. And this one coach from uh, VCU, Virginia Commonwealth, uh, followed the whole round. And after the round, he came up to me and, you know, introduced himself. And, you know, I we chatted a little bit. And then maybe about three weeks later, I get a, a package in the, in the mail from him. Um, asking me to come down and visit the campus, you know, they're really interested in me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I remember saying to myself and my dad, I'm like, I'm not going to fucking Virginia to play golf. <laughs> like, you know, there's no, there's no fucking way. Like, I want to go to Florida or Texas or, you know, somewhere south where it's warm and I can, um, you know, play all year round. And so I pretty much told the coach to, you know, fuck off. And so, you know, things obviously didn't work out, and somehow I ended up in West Virginia. In the Midwest, basically, because you were playing golf. You weren't playing golf in the winter here, brother. (laughs) I know that. Oh, I know. I know that. So, yeah, I actually met at the time our coach was Larry Lyons. Oh, yeah, I know Larry. I had to to go back to high school in Canada because I was was living in Texas, and I was, you know, obviously dicking off with my online schooling. And uh, my mom told me I had to come back and finish up. And so I came back and, you know, all my buddies and all my friends from, you know, high school had obviously graduated and and gone off to university. And, you know, there I am, you know, with some young kids. And Larry Lyons came to the school and I remember the, the athletic director at the time, you know, called me in and said, hey, you know, there's some golf coach from the the states he says he's from west virginia but the school's called ohio valley <laughs> like i'm kind of like was this a joke and um the, he's like yeah he wants to talk to you he saw you know you're a pretty good junior golfer up here in canada you know hopefully you guys can set up a meeting and so i met with him and didn't think much of it and he kept emailing me and sending me stuff and so i decided to go down on a visit and uh you know, that was kind of, not that it was my only, only option, but uh, when I went down and visited, there's like six Canadian guys on the team, a couple guys from uh, from England, and I think a guy from Germany. Yeah. And it was just a good group of guys, and, you know, I said, why not? Let's let's try it out for at least a year and, and see how things go, and ended up spending four years there. Oh, so. yeah, and then, and then Don, Don was one of those guys, the other Canadians. Uh, yeah, so myself and Matt Dunn kind of came yeah. in the same year as uh, freshmen. We were roommates pretty yeah. much all four years and got to meet uh, a good buddy, Jordan Tootin, which led us to meet Matty Shot, yeah. which was probably not the best thing for my <laughs> my uh, my golf career or my, my student life because we were always heading to Marietta, you know, on Friday, Saturday night with our with our boy Bud, full of <laughs> Budweiser's and Bud Light, and you know, play a little baseball, and then head out to the uh, to slap shots or what was it called? Slap shots. It, well, it was well, you know, and we'll, we'll we'll take a moment right here because it was called slap shots, and then it was called Jimbo's, but the same guy owned it. But Jimbo passed away, so R.I.P. Yeah. Jimbo. You know, we're thinking of you. We we spent a lot of time there in our youth, and uh, we're thinking of you. Thank you for all the memories. Let's just put it that way. We we had a great time there. But basically, you were living the uh, MOV. You were living the dream, basically. You were living the dream. And don't 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 come at me about your golf career. Don't come at me about your golf career. If anything, I made it easier on you. You know, I I lighten the tension. Maybe I'm just easing the tension. (laughs) 
Yes, sir. Uh, you played some in the mini tour. Uh, what was that like? Was it uh, fun? Stressful. Challenging? Stressful. Okay. Yeah. yeah, talk, talk uh, to us a little bit about the mini tour. What I mean, like, I know these guys, like, you'll pay, like, what, two fifty five hundred bucks to enter a tournament to a chance to win what five grand ten grand at the max if you're gonna win it uh yeah it, it sort of depends kind of on the on the mini tour or right. uh, kind of the level of the mini tour but when i when i graduated um went back home for the summer worked a little bit um kind of started teaching and then that uh that winter i headed down to florida and decided to go do a qualifying school and the the mini tour is called the national pro golf tour and it was this new mini tour like all these top guys are going to play um and they had a full schedule they kind of started you know out in the west coast kind of like the pga tour does and then worked their way over to uh, Florida went up to the Northeast, and then you know a little bit in the Midwest, and then finished off in the in the desert there. So went to went to Q School, got full status. Um, didn't have much sponsorship money or anything to you know really play a full schedule. So I you know just decided to hey I'm going to skip the West Coast kind of swing and tee it up once they come to Florida and. I want to say the entry fee was about a thousand bucks to enter. So, you know, you got a thousand bucks. I had a guy caddying for me, you know, who was doing it for, you know, pretty much dirt cheap, but, you know, paying him a little bit of money. Then you got your, you know, your hotel, your, your gas, your food, all that. So at the end of the day, it's costing you probably 15, 1600 bucks. Um, and if you don't make many cuts, that uh, can start to dent the wallet pretty quickly. Yeah, so, that quick, for sure. Um, yeah, so I played about, I think, three or four events out there that um, that year. I think I made two cuts. But, um, yeah, the guys are just really, really good. Uh, if, you, if you're not making a ton of birdies and shooting 68, 69 every round, you know, you're going to you're gonna start spending some cash pretty quickly, right? So kind of was a little bit of an eye-opener. You know, it's not college golf anymore where you can shoot even par or, you know, one over and kind of be in the mix. It's like you got to shoot six, seven under to even have a chance at thinking of winning, right? Was that, so, was that tough for you, though, is, is kind of realizing the fact that, dude, I've spent my whole life working to be – or I want to be a professional golfer and then just kind of realizing like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And you had to kind of refocus and kind of reshift what you were going to do for your career, but you wanted to stay in the golf game. So I can imagine how hard that would be to, to really be, – because when you were a D2 golfer, Sean, I mean, you were a good D2 golfer. I mean, people knew who the fuck you were. I mean, people, yeah, yeah. people, I mean, you, I mean, as far as golf goes, I mean, you put OVU on the map. People knew who you were. People knew who Matt Dunn were. I mean, you guys, you guys were, were it. And then you go right. and go out and get these mini tours and you're not making cuts. Talk about how hard it was to really shift focus and really kind of regather yourself to go, I want to stay in this golf game and I got to figure out a way to do it. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, mentally it was it was a challenge right um you know you're kind of beating yourself up and you know obviously you're you're working hard and you're you're trying your best but uh you just have to you know my thing at the time was okay it's a process you know i just got to put in my time and gain experience and learn how to play professional golf right it's it's totally different you're just kind of you're out on your own now right you're so not used to but you got comfortable being around a team and and having that team atmosphere in in college um and and you know the the one thing that you know i forgot or didn't even know how to do was like man i gotta plan my travel like i gotta get to this event right like i gotta book a hotel i gotta you know make sure i got snacks and stuff all prepared we're in college it was what like snacks all right, you we, pack? We, we get in the van and you're half drunk and you know there there goes Larry Lyons down the down the highway and you know you, you're taking a little nap right so <laughs> what kind um, of hey Sean what kind of snacks would you pack on your mini tour trips 
Just tell us. Just usually, you know, Nature Valley granola bars, bananas, stuff like that. Okay. Light, How nice, much nice beer? Light snacks. How much beer would you pack? <laughs> no beer. Any liquor? Any any kind of alcohol? No liquor. That was for after the round. Okay. After after you shot seventy five. So we're talking no no beer, no liquor, no whiskey, no nothing. You were you were there no. to play golf. That's it. I was just there to golf, buddy. I would have been packing a little bit of something. I can tell you that much. <laughs> so then, out of this, where do you decide that you're going to become a caddy and do the tour performance golf academy thing? You start all this up. Yeah, so I think I played like another year or two, maybe of just kind of like solely focusing on you know playing professionally and i think it was just kind of one of those things where you know my dad said to me like hey you know he you know i i support you but obviously this isn't going as as you planned and you know you got to kind of move on here and, and start making some money or start moving in a direction kind of you know where you can make it a, a legitimate career so that's kind of mm -hmm. when i you know start started to really think okay I want to stay in the golf industry and I enjoy coaching and uh, I have a I think a pretty good knack for it and, and experience um, so it just started you know working kind of working my way up as a, as a golf coach or a golf instructor and you know started to build a kind of a little base clientele and you know once I did that I you know decided wanted to go out on my own and kind of start my own thing and kind of create this tour performance brand um the whole caddying thing kind of came out of nowhere you know I'm, i am kind of connected in the in the golfing in the golfing world mm -hmm. um and like i i you know or some of them some people might know I, I caddied for uh jared dutrois at the canadian mm -hmm. open in 2016 uh, and that was just kind of like a, a, a fluke. I got a call from a, a good buddy of mine on Tuesday morning, and I was working some junior camps, and he said, hey, hey man, a guy in the field needs a caddy this week. Uh, would you be interested? And I kind of said, uh, what? Like, <laughs> you know, most of the, most of the time these, these guys already have their – you know, caddies in place and, and, and so forth. And I said, yeah, sure. I was like, who's the, who's the guy? And he's like, oh, it's a, an amateur kid on Golf Canada. You know, something happened. He needs a caddy. Uh, the head coach of Golf Canada will give you a call. So just kind of waited for the call. Maybe an hour or so later, get a call from this guy, Derek Ingram. He says, hey, can you, uh, can you get over to Glen Abbey? We're going to play a practice round at uh, 1.30. And so I'm like, you know, finish junior camps around noon, you know, jetted over to the golf course, uh, um, met, met Jared, and kind of off we went. He had a sweet-ass run. You guys finished, what, seventh that year? But you guys were in the mix at the final day, right? Yeah, so I think he yeah he finished T T six or T seven, but uh, we uh, the the cool thing was yeah he was in the mix and we played in the final group with uh, Brent Snedeker that day. But you got no money because he was an amateur. Got no money, which <laughs> which hurt a little bit, you know. So um, didn't didn't receive a, a really big paycheck that week, but the experience and. Um, you know, being able to, you know, build a relationship with Jared and all that was, was pretty cool. Yeah, I bet. That was awesome. I loved I loved seeing it. I loved watching it. I mean, that that's a tournament that really, I mean, unless you're involved in the golf game and you really follow golf, I don't think it's something that a lot of us here in the States really follow. Like, we don't follow the Canadian Open. We follow the, we follow the majors, and that's what we look right. forward to. But that Canadian Open, I remember tuning in like on Saturday, and for whatever reason, I saw this Detroit kid from Canada, and I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? And then I watched a few rounds, and I was like, that is my buddy, Sean Burt, caddying for this motherfucker. And the whole Sunday, I was on the edge of my seat, just hoping this kid could land a couple good shots and he played incredible he played incredible i don't know what he's up to now 
but he played an incredible round of golf. Like yeah, you said, it, uh, four days. It was, uh, it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool experience. He, I bet it was. You know, he he didn't have his best stuff on the weekend, but you know, at the end of the day, he was able to. I think shoot one under par each round, which is which is pretty pretty impressive, um, considering kind of the the stage he was on, and yeah. you know the whole literally the whole country was you know kind of behind him rooting for this kid to to win the Canadian Open. I think the I can't even remember the last time the Canadians won the Canadian Open is but you know. Oh, 20 plus you know 40 years or so um so he kind of had that kind of weighing on him a little bit and you know obviously the media after every round kind of asking him you know what what would it mean to you to win the canadian open and it's just like guys like let's simmer down here a little bit and mm-hmm. let's let the kid play and you know 19 years old holes, take it easy <laughs> yeah let's, let's bean burritos where, for where breakfast stands, so so I got a question here about like kind of the player versus caddy relationship. Like, say you're telling the guy to lay up, and he thinks, "No, I can go get this." Like, uh-huh. who who wins that argument most of the time? Oh, the player. Player, I would say player ninety ninety percent of the time, ninety five percent of the time. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, you're just you're just trying to give them obviously the the best advice and you know the advice you think is gonna allow them to score the best or perform the best but you know there's been times that you know yourself as the player you can execute or or pull off that shot and you know maybe the caddy doesn't see it like that and you're just like hey man i'm gonna do this because i know i can fucking execute right so that's where the caddy's got to kind of step back step back and say yeah i love it and just you know give your player as much confidence as as you can right um once you start putting doubt in your player's mind uh that's when they're not going to execute as well right so It's important having a having a good relationship, and you know there are times where you're going to have to kind of step up and say, "Hey, like, you know, I don't, you don't want to say I don't think that's the best, uh, that's the best decision, or that's the best club to hit." Um, you just kind of work around it, and you know, for instance, on on Sunday there with Jared um, on our actually our 18th hole. You know, he bombs his drive, and it's a it's a reachable par five, um, and there's water kind of all up the right, and you know, comes in over the you know across the green, and you know he's got to hit a good, execute a good golf shot, and he's obviously jacked up, but the the wind was kind of into his face off the off the off the right, and he wanted to hit a hard five iron. And the pin was back left or back right, sorry. And I said, you know, if you if you choose that club, you you got to take a more you know conservative line and aim kind of the middle to the left portion of the green. And you know, we were waiting kind of there in the fairway for the guys to to finish up. And all I was doing was, you know, just subtly just kind of saying to him like hey what if we hit a four iron and you know take it here and try and hold it up how, against what, the how wind far are we and, talking hitting a four iron sean i think he had uh oof, i want to say if i can remember correctly it was like a 204 okay. cover on the on the water and then like a 211 or 212 all right so cool. we had we had a bomb um, coming off of a off of a, off of an iron shot we had to stick right. it and land it Right, so he wanted to hit five, and you know it was it was he could have hit five, but to the kind of the front left portion of the green, and you know the pin was in the back right, um, so he wouldn't have been able to kind of take it as aggressive line with that club, and you know we we wanted to kind of attack this flag and see if we could get a birdie and kind of move up or an eagle and kind of move up the leaderboard a little bit mm-hmm. um, and get in kind of the top five. But, uh, you know, ended up convincing him to hit the forearm and he, you know, executed the shot perfectly and, you know, just missed, you know, making the eagle by, you know, a hair. But it was never kind of like, hey, no, I don't think five irons the club, just kind of working mm-hmm. in different directions to kind of get him to hit the shot you want, right? So what's the difference between because you caddied on the LPGA, right? Yeah. With Sarah Kemp. 
And so what's the difference between caddying with a guy on the PGA versus a lady on the LPGA? Is there noticeable, like, I'm going to have to change everything I do, like the way I The way you approach the game, the way you approach the game as a coach, I guess, is what he's trying to say. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, the, the, the games the men play and the game the women play is, is kind of two totally, you know, different styles, I would say. Um, you know, the way you go about, you know, your business as a caddy, getting numbers, how you talk to them, so forth. You know, that's all the same. Um, it's just more like what they're able to execute. So, you know, mm-hmm. you look at the guys, they're hitting it and carrying it 300 yards plus. You know, most of the women out there are only carrying it 235 to mm-hmm. 245, right? So um, they play a lot more, I would say, strategic game out there where it's like, okay, you know, I got to feed it in between these bunkers or I got to, you know, kind of play to the left or right of these bunkers um, where the guys are like, okay, I'm going to take it over that bunker yeah. <laughs> kind of thing, right? Fucking um, going right for it. Exactly. And then, you know, the, the big thing on, on the women's tour is, you know, because they don't hit the golf ball as, as high as the men do and, you know, they're not spinning the golf ball as much, um, you know, they're very focused on kind of what that front number is to the green um, and really trying to land it on that front portion of the green depending on you know the situation because uh, a lot of their shots will hit and then kind of roll out because they just don't have that trajectory and that spin to you know stop the ball where you know most of the guys are like you know this is the number to the flag okay I might play you know one or two short of that or maybe they're even playing a little long of that because they know they're gonna kind of send it past and then kind of juice it back right so that's the that's the biggest difference um, is kind of the style of game the the men play versus the women and then they're you know not it's not a knock against the women but just their short games aren't aren't as tidy as as the men kind of on the on the big tour right they're they're obviously still very good you know chippers of the golf ball but i just find the the men are just you know they're wizards around the green and they can create that spin and hit just you know so many different uh, of shots where you know because the the girls can't spin it as much they are limited to you know certain shots then right i agree now um talk about the difference in pay between lpga and pga guys that you've caddied with how much of a difference is that and this just goes back to the I guess should men and women be paid equal? Um, right. But talk about the difference in what you're getting, you're bringing home as a caddy, or what uh, we know what the women PGA, the LPGA ladies are bringing home with their tournament. I mean, if they're they're not getting much, we know that. Yeah. So if you you know you look at the you know the purse on the PGA tour compared to the LPGA, it's not even it's not even close. Not right? even. Um, so, you know, so the, what's the purse? Down. What's the purse on the mask? The Masters is what ten million. The purse twelve million. Yeah, yeah, maybe eight to ten million, right? So we're, you know, we're the, the winner, home. definitely a million. The winner is definitely getting a million bucks. Yeah, the winner on the you know, let's say for the Masters is taking home like one point two, probably mm-hmm. one point three. Um, I want to say the biggest purse the ladies play for is three million dollars, and that's I think the U.S. the U.S. Women's Open, okay. a regular event out there. You know, their purse is anywhere from I think one one million to maybe one point seven. Okay, so not much. Um, you know, not even close. You know, winners making maybe three hundred thousand. So, you look at let's say from the caddies' perspective, mm-hmm. uh, you win a PGA Tour event. Your guy wins a PGA Tour event. The caddy, the caddy's getting ten percent of a million bucks. So there's a there's a hundred thousand right there. Right. For for the caddy, right? So a caddy on the you know the LPGA Tour, um, her his player, she wins the event. You know, he's only taken thirty grand home, right? Because they only made three hundred thousand, right? So there's there's seventy thousand dollar difference, um, just just based on you know the caddy's perspective, right? So 
it's a it's a tough go i would say out there on the on the women's tour for for those caddies um you know there there's guys who do make money obviously if your players you got a top 30 player you're gonna you're gonna make some some decent coin but you know they still got to pay for flights you know hotels rent a car food all that all that stuff that goes into it at the end of the day weed all the good stuff weed all the the amount of booze those guys drink. Um, <laughs> Dave Matthews band concerts. I mean, we're talking the whole shebang when we go on fucking tours, dude. Exactly. So um, how long I would say you- the guys, the caddies on the PGA Tour have it made. They make more money than probably some of the uh, the top women golfers do. You think? <laughs> like Jake? Oh yeah. You're man. talking like like Justin Thomas's caddy. Is. Justin Thomas's caddy is making more money than probably ninety-five percent of the women on the LPGA. I believe it, if not more, because he's been tearing it up lately. He's been people, absolutely lighting. People it up. are saying he's soft, though. He is. He soft. got that guy thrown out of the. What was that tournament? The oh, at the uh, was it the Honda? No, it was the Arnold. It was the Arnold. It was the Arnold Palmer Classic. Yeah, he and, got uh, he got the guy thrown out. Yeah, it was. And then we got Rory saying they should quit serving beer at events. golf events. Yeah, we got we got Rory saying we should quit serving beer at events. I mean, that's, an Irish, that's an Irish man at that. Yeah, what is going on I know. here? What is going on here? Yeah, I think you know they the guys have a point. It, it, get, it can get pretty rowdy out there, but at the end of the day, they're the fans are kind of what you want supporting fans. the tour this is and what making brings, these yeah. purses as big as they are right so mm-hmm. this is what this um, is what people want this is what people people are into the golf game now and i don't i don't i don't care if tiger woods had something to do with it or didn't he obviously did but right now tiger woods just came back in the mix three events ago before that the golf game was still super popular because of guys like <laughs> jt ricky dustin johnson Bubba Watson. Those guys kind of took over whenever Tiger Woods had a sabbatical of his life. You know what I mean? But they still didn't have the numbers up to what Tiger did just no, when he came well, back for his own no, no, nobody, nobody had the numbers that he did. But the golf game stayed relevant and it stayed popular. And people are into it. And any time when, when Tiger Woods was playing, he was at the top of his golf game. He could go out and he could win an event. Just like that. Now, we don't know who the fuck's going to win it. We got Jordan Spieth. We got Ricky. We got Justin. We got Bubba. We got Dustin. We got Brooks Kepka. I mean, we got anywhere from one to 50 guys that could win the tournament. Gary Woodland could win the fucking Masters. Pat Perez could win the Masters. This How about that? Week. Patty yeah. Perez putting P-P. on the green jacket. I would love that. Wouldn't that be awesome if PP won? I would absolutely love that. High Tongue Lee. Hi, Dung Lee. Plus 20,000. We're put a dollar on him. We're looking at, you know, we got Daniel Berger. He's been playing good. Jimmy Walker. Billy Horschel still playing good. Uh-huh. Zach Johnson. I mean, he's won a major. Adam Scott. We can't forget about him. He's won two of them. Or has he won one? Uh, I think he's just won one. He's won one. Okay, he's won one. Kevin yeah. Kisner. I mean, he's played good. Brian. The Kiss. Yep. Uh, I mean, dude, the field is wide open. I don't think you can say anything. Jason Day is definitely not going to win it. Tiger Woods is definitely not going to win the Masters. Sergio is definitely not going to win it. Um, I think Rory. Uh, I like Rory, and I also like Pat Perez this week coming in. Too. Oh, I would. I would be glued to the TV if Patty Perez was in the mix on Sunday. Do you think I would be glued to the TV anyway? Think, but I'd be extra glued. Do you think he'll wear a backward, Do you think he'll wear a backwards hat and a pocket tee on Sunday? <laughs> he might be doing that after he wins the green jacket. He'll wear a back, backwards hat, pocket tee, eating a bean burrito out of his pocket. That's what he's going to he do. Accepts the green jacket. From and he gets Sergio. a little bean burrito on it. The yeah. field is wide open, but hey, so, I only got one more question. Go ahead. I don't know if Matt's got. We know we both know Matt can talk for days. <laughs> yeah, I can talk for days. But my question is, are you uh, are you a Trailer Park Boys fan? Because new season comes out tomorrow. Honestly, 
honestly, I have I have not really watched too much of the Trailer Park Boys. I just kind of catch episodes, you know, randomly here or there. Um, but a bunch of my buddies are like, you know, huge diehard fans. So that's where I'm at, Sean. Say, that's where I'm at. I have to say no. Uh, that's where I'm at, Sean. A lot of my buddies are fans of it, and I I haven't sat down. I haven't gave it a chance. Like. People told me to give Always Sunny a chance, and they're like, you got to watch it. You'll love it. It's awesome. And I started watching Always Sunny 10 years ago, and look where we're at. We're at the 14th season of Always Sunny, and I love it. And I can't miss a beat. What are you watching on Netflix, Sean? Well, what was I watching the other day? It was called... Uh, some fighting show. Fight, fighting season. It was actually about a um, group of... Uh, I think Navy guys in Afghanistan just kind of helping the uh, Afghan army kind of fight the war on terror. I kind of I kind of like shit stuff like that, you know. Um, the documentaries. Documentaries, yeah. yeah. I like documentaries too. I enjoy there's a good them. one out there right now. Was it Wild Country or I haven't seen that? Oh, okay. Wild Country. Yeah, it's like this guy started a cult. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jim Jones, isn't it? No, I don't think it's Jim. It's like some. Uh, Indian guy, and he's like, "Oh yeah, there's like six or seven episodes that. of it." That's pretty. I actually weird. watched. Yeah, I watched the first episode of that. I was I was kind of interested. I uh, I just haven't got a chance to to kind of continue on and watch the watch the second one. No, I haven't either. I haven't either. But so. on that note, I think we're I think we're uh, I think we're out of here, brother. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Hey, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for, for coming on. We love you. We'll be cheering for you. We'll be cheering for Sarah Kemp. Hey, if Sarah yeah. Kemp if Sarah Kemp wants to hook up and she wants to come on, we'd love to have her on. We'd love to. Okay, I'll, I'll let her know. Let her know. Right, thanks, uh, man. Let her know. We'll uh, we even buy her. Uh, I don't know. We want to buy her. We'll, we'll sponsor it. Yeah, we'll get her a Beer Talk Pod uh, club cover. Yeah, we'll get her something. We'll buy her something. Beautiful. Beautiful. We'll... Uh, I don't know what Maybe we'll get buy her visor. Does she yeah, we'll visor? Get her, yeah, we'll get her visor and put it on the side. Uh, no, she doesn't. She Kit likes Kat. the trucker hats. Oh, she likes the trucker hats. We get down with the trucker hats. We'll get Sarah We'll get Sarah a trucker hat and we'll, we'll send it to her. We definitely will. She doesn't even have to wear it. We'll just send it to her. How about that? You, yeah, send me one. Or send me a couple. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll we definitely some. will. We definitely will send Get some of your junior golfers out there wearing them. Yep. There you go. And then hey, when uh, I see her next, I'll, uh, I'll I'll give her the hat and we'll we'll take a photo and you guys can put it up on your website or whatever. Do you guys have Instagram? Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, rolling on everything okay. right now. We're Facebook. Perfect. Yeah. We'll, uh, MySpace. We'll send you. <laughs> 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 fucking, uh, it's coming back. It's coming back. Uh, we'll send you a box of shit. Um, just because we love you. Hey, what size shirt are you? Yeah, medium, large. I'm a, I'm a medium. All right, we'll send you one. We probably we'll send Sean, you a couple. Sean, I'm gonna send you a large in these because I got a couple mediums and I have also have a large. Mediums are super tight, so we're gonna send you some. Larges. Super tight. Yeah, super tight. All right. So send we'll, me a couple. Send me a medium and a large. We'll send we'll send you we'll send you a care package. We love you. We'll be cheering for you. Um, whatever you do, we wish you well. Um. You're always a fan here. Anytime you want to come back and, and talk to us and bullshit about golf, we'd love to have you. Awesome. Thanks, boys. Yeah, I'd love to love to be on again and, and talk some more golf with you guys. You got uh, it, brother. Happy, happy Easter. Trailer. Yeah, happy Easter. Thanks, Watch you some trailer park. Boys. Happy Easter, my friend. I love you. Bye. 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 And that was Sean Burke. That was a good interview between you guys. Definitely some... Uh, some fun, uh, fun little tales in there for sure. Yeah, some things you would never expect too. Nah, for sure. Like, uh, what was the one thing he talked about? Oh, about how whenever he was the caddy for Jared Dutois yeah. on the Canadian Open, uh, ended up finishing. I think like was it T six or something. And uh, as an amateur, that you get no money, so. He had a good experience, though, got some exposure, Dutois got some. It's a pretty cool story. Amateurs don't get money? No. Hmm. Because they're amateurs. That sucks. Just like amateurs in porn, they don't get paid. Well, I mean, they could. They could have got paid to do that. But they don't get paid. 
Yeah. They don't get paid the big bucks. Right. How do people make money like, in porn? Like, how is there any money made in porn anymore? I can't imagine. Well, they only show, like, clips now. It's like watching Sports Center, kind of. Yeah, but let's be honest. Like, I've never understood, like, when people go out and have to buy, like, a porn video. Like, I don't need a fucking hour and a half porn video. I need about two minutes of that. I don't think people do that anymore. Yes. Well, this thought came in my head when I passed an adult video store today. And I'm like, why? Dude, it's a wonder the one in Maxburg still open. The Maxburg Mall? Yeah, that one is kind of surprising. Yeah. I think Brendan Daly keeps that one alive. Perhaps. That's what I hear, anyway. A little slander there to see so, if he listens. Probably doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but there are other golf po- podcasts out there, other golf podcasts covering the Masters, but there are none as good as Beer Talk Pod. That's true. Beer right? Talk, Is that Beer right? Beer Talk Golf, basically, this week. Yeah. Dedicated a whole we, podcast uh, to it. A whole week. A whole week to it. That's true. Masters week, Masters pod, um, Master bait. Which kind of sucks because I won't lie, there was some stuff on the outline that that's going to be on episode 20. This isn't going to be called episode 21. Episode 21 will come out next Monday. Uh, this is Master special. This is Master special, but there's a lot of stuff on the outline that I was wanting to get to. Yeah, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled uh, podcast time on Monday, right? Yeah, we'll also have uh, WrestleMania reactions, right? Are we watching it? Uh, I mean, I won't. I won't be with you, but we'll have. I mean, like oh, yeah. we'll have like reactions to what happened. Right. Right. Like Ronda Rousey losing. Like Cena beating American Badass Undertaker. Is that happening? Oh, it's definitely going to happen. I was watching SmackDown, but Beer Talk Freedom wouldn't let me keep watching, so. Oh, man, I meant to watch Raw last night. You idiot. I will say oh, one, uh, one thing before we, uh, before we log off here. If anybody hasn't noticed yet, or haven't read yet, Trevor Bauer might be one of the greatest human beings on the face of the earth. Uh, such a kind, giving man. Yes, third rotation pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. He is donating $420.69 a day for 69 days to a charity of fans' choice. And at the end of that 69 days of giving, he is donating $69,420.69 to a charity of his choice. I mean, just a giving amazing man. I'm glad I have his jersey. It's truly inspiring. It really is. I want to grow up and be like Trevor Bauer. Me too. With that, me too. Hashtag me too. You forgot forgot to hashtag. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Sorry, uh, ladies. And also, if you haven't yet checked out a beautifully written blog that Wiley P uh, put out on Tuesday, it was very well written. Takes us back in time to the beginning of Benji and I's relationship. I mean, friendship. If anybody reads the complete blog, please don't kill me. One person in particular. Sorry, I didn't know you still had social media. Uh, yeah, sorry. Or how to the internet. <laughs> or how to like for more than like name for more than blog. thirty minutes a day. <laughs> <laughs> Prison E. Prison Louie, baby. That's right. Shout out to Louie. Shout out to all the art class friends. Yeah. Sorry, Jacob. Shout out to. Uh, Shout out to team meeting. Shout yeah, out. team meeting, the real ones. And shout out to Fuel to the Future, the best album never was. I still might release that one of these days. It's true. I was practicing rapping in the shower today. Oh boy. Did you didn't say any N words, did you? Of course not. That's what DiGiorno from Villanova did. Yeah. I'm not a pizza maker. That's right. Or a ginger. Oh wait. I have Auburn hair. Oh. But with that, we'll see you guys Monday. We sign off. Goodbye. Of course, the Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event is about exceptional offers, but it's also about having advanced technology and a safety system designed to alert you. 
all coming together for you at the perfect moment. Don't miss your perfect moment to experience exceptional offers on a line of vehicles equipped with advanced safety technology. Now until September 3rd, experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Some advanced safety features not available on GX. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.